Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous. Together we are finding joy in the journey of life. This episode we have John Spike with us, and the two of us are talking about leveling up sort of those review games that we all have, that we all have used, kind of spicing it up, making it a little different. Before we dive into that, John, would you please reintroduce yourself, because this is not your first episode. Yeah, uh, so I'm John Spike. Uh, I've had a lot of roles in education. I started as a high school English teacher, uh, then moved on to a role as a tech coach, tech integrator, whatever you want to call them. We've got tons of names. And then now I'm uh, at University of Wisconsin-Whitewater as a coordinator of instructional technology and integration, which basically means I help pre-service teachers use technology, get ready to use technology. Uh, I teach two courses as well. Uh, I'm teaching like my dream course right now, which is video games and learning, uh, which is going to roll out its second iteration in the spring. And I also teach a course called Digital Tools. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. All uh, I will have to say, probably future episodes of Well Played. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. <laughs> yeah, those sound great. Uh, well, thanks for being here. Uh, I'm super excited to begin. I wanted to like sort of address this topic, one, because I think lots of subjects have that sort of test moment. You know, I'm picturing science, math, history, uh, some English. I mean, a lot of English is papers, but sometimes English there. But, uh, I mean, even like PE sometimes gives a little tests on <laughs> what, uh, you know, what the games are being played. And what I have sort of found in my school is, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. I love this. I want everyone to hear. I absolutely love this software. But I'm, I'm noticing sort of this Kahoot fatigue, right? <laughs> because every teacher plays it. And, and every teacher thinks they're giving this like gift to their classroom. Like today <laughs> we're playing Kahoot and kids walk in and they're like, well, I just, I just did that in French class and I just did that in science class <laughs> and now I'm doing it here. Um, and you know, that just got me thinking about this episode. I, like this conversation came up this week and I just was like, you know, there are so many ways to make a review and if you take that sort of moment to, to find a different game, you're, you're going to be that unique teacher. And, and while it might not be as flashy as Kahoot, the fact that it's sort of unique, it's that, it's that moment that you created uh, or that you brought to them for the first time. So even if you didn't create it, um, that can be such a powerful relationship builder, a powerful like moment for the kids and, and for you. Uh, I thought this needs to be the next episode of, of Well Played. Yeah, I agree. And I think one thing you touched on is sometimes your game can really like bridge itself nicely with what the topic is or what your theme is if you're gamifying your classroom. So sometimes the games you can really meld in easier, whereas Kahoot sometimes can feel like an add-on. You know, it's like a great, we're playing the Buffalo Wild Wings trivia game. That doesn't really fit with a narrative, but yay, there's points, right? So I think some point. of these games can, some of these games, yeah, can really meld nicely. And I think we'll probably touch on that uh, at some point here. No, I mean I like that I, that I that point for anybody that's doing a larger gamification than like a lesson. But if you're gamifying a unit or your class, like John's talking about, uh, some of the review games we're talking about, you can apply more of that theme to in in that moment. And and like you said, it doesn't seem just like and we're playing Kahoot. While <laughs> for my kids, they're supposed to be in the realm of nobles, like fighting <laughs> dragons and whatnot. And then we're just gonna buzz in and get a thousand points when we answer a question. <laughs> Right. Yeah. 
that can seem fit the world. No, that can seem way more of an add-on. But uh, all right, so you want to go first? You want you want to drop us like an awesome mini game or review game that that you've tried or done in the past? Well, you you mentioned that you know we were kind of chatting beforehand. You mentioned this one, and it's one of my favorites. So I, maybe I'll start Reverse Jenga because you're thinking about maybe using it. I th- this is coming up in probably like a week or two, okay. happening in my class. All right, so um, th- this one I kind of stumbled upon really randomly. I was looking. Um, there's these like Google experiments that work in the Chrome browser, Chrome experiments. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of those, but there's like just all these independent developers or Google teams would make these experiments, and one experiment. These people made a browser-based Jenga game. Um, so if you go to tinyurl.com slash reverse Jenga, I just made it into a tiny URL so it's easier to get to. Uh, so basically this website is just, it makes a Jenga tower for you and it obeys physics. So you can take a piece off and you can play like regular Jenga. But what I got thinking about is like, what if, you know, my students love destroying things, you know, right? As we all are wont to do. Uh, so I thought, what if, what if Jenga was played the reverse way? And the reason you wouldn't want to do this in real life because it would take forever to reset up, right? Uh, but the idea of reverse Jenga is you take a, a tile off the top and you fling it uh, at the tower and try to knock it down, basically. Uh, so the, the what we did is um, we had this, this computer pulled up with the Jenga tower and the students got maybe questions right or earned the right to go up there. They did something you know, in the review or in the game or in the class or whatever it might be that earned their team the right to go up and have somebody, um, you know, basically grab one of these pieces and, and fling it uh, at the tower to try and knock it down. Uh, so that was kind of uh, one way to do it. We we kind of riffed off that a little bit. So we started with one tower. Then the kids went, well, what if there were multiple towers and you wanted your tower to be the last standing? Or you got more points the more towers you toppled kind of thing. So the students started riffing on ideas to to kind of change it up. Um, you know, maybe they could get a power up that reset the tower. If their tower is about to fall, maybe they scored something that let them hit a reset and get it back to, to full. And the other thing I like about the game, you know, Michael, you talk about this is sometimes it, it feels like you're so far behind in like a, a jeopardy game, right? Yep. In reverse Jenga, that tower could take one perfect fling to knock down, or it could take 10, like just chipping away because people don't quite hit it square. They hit a spot that's pretty solid. Like, Every game I've watched, like, it, you never know when it could go. Somebody could, you know, have this perfect throw that brings them back from the brink, right? Uh, so, yeah, so there's a lot of cool things about it. Yeah, I really, like, I, full disclosure, haven't played that yet with students. But um, I just love the idea of this game because, like you said, they, they have that mechanism where you don't know really who's winning. You have that epic moment that can be created and what I want all the listeners to sort of notice about what John also was able to do there just like playing with it he was also able to add possible items or power-ups that you could have in your gamified class that help you within that review game so if you know you're going to have like 10 units and you're going to use reverse Jenga as like your review for four of them or five of them or all of them Build in game, like items that they earn in your class or on your projects or on your side quests, whatever you want to say, that then give them like a shield or a reset or a double toss or, you know, like whatever. Like you can totally monkey with this. Yeah, I think um, one thing I do is sometimes I don't know what games I'm going to use uh, in my unit. So I'll actually just have a card, you know, a card that they can earn that says, you know, you get a power up in 
your chosen review game. And then I, I put a note there, like instructor chooses what the power up is so that, you know, a group will come nice. up and we'd be like, Hey, we have this, what does it do in this game? And I'll be like, Oh yeah, that's, that's your reset the tower. Or that's your double throw or whatever it's going to be. Uh, just because then I don't need to worry about it. Like if the kids get that card and you know, there's one Jenga left, you know, in the year or we're not playing Jenga again, they're not kind of out of no. luck. <laughs> no, I like that. And like what you could do, again, just giving more suggestions about items for people, you could do both of what John's saying, right? You could have the Jenga-specific one, which would be like a lesser, you know, valuable one, and then you could have kind of the works-for-all games. Yeah, power the ups. Uber card. The Uber will. card. And then yeah. even that, I'm thinking you could split into Uber card that's a one-time use, like they got to turn it in, mm-hmm. and an Uber card that's just ever-present. Oh, curveball. I like it. Whew. I'm just telling you. <laughs> so reverse Jenga, huge hit. Kids liked it. I mean, the fact that you're telling us that they riffed on it, that that I think always speaks to the sort of student buy-in. Yeah, yeah. They they love, you know, they love generating new ideas for utilizing a lot of these hit games. And uh yeah, some of the best ideas have come from them. Like I said, the multiple, you know, multiple towers. Uh and what I like about this game too is you know, we talk, we've talked before about high tech, low tech and no tech games. This is pretty low tech. Like you could do it with a computer, maybe maximum. You have five towers, five computers, uh, you know, or you could have one computer with different tabs. And just I was going to say, you could even just before. do, if it's up on the projector, you know, just make four windows and like mm-hmm. dedicate the, you know, the space on your screen. Yep. Absolutely. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. And like, I Let said, me know how it goes. Yeah, like, no, that's going to definitely be happening. Uh, All right, so one that I'm super excited to sort of share out is I do one called Mystery Box. Mystery Box Challenge. Uh, It started with just, I wrote numbers on the board, 28 numbers on the board. And the numbers sort of represented these, like, treasure chests that you could sort of open up. And the treasure inside would be anywhere from zero points to, like, 50 points which was the rarest. So I think there was only one chest or two chests that had 50 points in it. Uh, But this had some of those same features that you're talking about in that like your group might have answered more than my group and then got to open up more treasure treasure chests. But you might have like, oh, three of yours might have been zeros. My group only answered a few, but like they opened the, the 50 and the 25, you know, we're at 75 points. So that was kind of fun different like interaction there that little like suspenseful moment of like which one to pick i've since now upgraded sort of that game and made sort of a digital version that teachers can put up on their screen and in the digital version i'm a big proponent of being able to mess with the game as we already (laughs) just talked about in john's game i love sort of adding to a game or changing a game up so and when i built the digital one uh, I made it so that you guys could set all sorts of different amounts and including even different graphics. And so now what the, you could even kind of monkey with the game where there's still a certain number that are point valued, but then you could have another ones like that are like a star or like a bomb or a, you know, like a heart or whatever. And then in your gamified class, that might mean something that they found that on the board or, or you could play the game where, you know, if they uncover a bomb, they lose all their points or whatever. So now you can really monkey with the game 
And I just really dig that. You can also change the graphics so to fit your theme, like we were talking about, you know, having some of the, a game like a Kahoot that just feels like a drop in. All of a sudden, I think the standard sort of view that I put in there is sort of like Mario, but then I also put in there like five other graphical choices that you can make. And then I also show you how you can replace those images with images you want to fit exactly your theme. It's super fun. Kids dig it. Uh, super easy to throw up. The Oh, the other thing I got to tell you. With both the games that John's saying and I'm saying that I just think is huge is as the teacher, I always think we're like masters of our content. And so <laughs> Kahoot, while I love it, one of the things... I like about the two games we just described in both those situations, the teacher's just asking questions of the students. So I literally don't have to really like prep anything if I'm doing mystery box challenge or if I was doing the Jenga one, like I, I know what I'm going to ask for my Egypt unit review. Like I got it. I've, I've taught it a bunch. I know what's on the test. I know I got it. I got them all set. So just bring them in and I could play any of these review games with zero prep. Yeah. What I, what I like about that game is you mentioned, I, I love it when the games are part of something bigger. And I like that you said, you know, with mystery box, it's not just points. There's other things that could impact. Like you said, the bigger game, there's cards where there's a little bit of risk involved in the mystery boxes. And, you know, you could have a situation where, you know, maybe, you know, the students, you know, if they know there's bombs out there, you know, it could be one thing where they maybe force another team to go uh, and risk them getting the bomb. You could do little tweaks like that. And, um, you know, you could riff on the mechanics of the game uh, to add a little bit more kind of mystery and, and, and you know, kind of uh, strategy into it as well. Yeah, too true. I love uh, one that I added was I used the sort of green mushroom in, from Mario, which is an extra life in Mario. I put some of those in there and then the bombs in there and then some points. And if you got mushrooms, then like one bomb wouldn't hurt you. Right. Uh... So that was kind of like a coveted thing to get. And there was these like epic moments where like the team would have lost if they didn't have that sort of mushroom kind of thing, which was fun. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I need to try that one out. Um, I've got, I've got maybe a, a unit coming up in my digital tools where that one might fit really well. Oh, it's 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 good. And like I said, too, get creative with it. So if any of you have already downloaded it or you know plan to download it, it's just awesome to like like I said, you can monkey with the graphics, you can monkey with how many of everything there is. You could play the entire game with no numbers and have it just be, you know, searching for these graphics, you know, like first to it could be first to find three stars wins. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, like a memory game almost. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's just lots of different ways to play it. So now do you have another one that you care to share with the well-played audience? Yeah, I can't remember if I've talked about this one on another podcast, but it's always just a really good one and um, gets, gets people thinking really creatively. Uh, I call it the Image Battle Royale. Uh, and so the image battle royale, pretty straightforward. Uh, and, and you might notice like mine sometimes lean on like using a digital tool or tech just because that's kind of the world I come from. Uh, this one's really easy to use though. It's just a Google drawing and you could either, I've got a template for it. 
uh, or you could just make your own. And like you said, you can skin it how you want. So mine actually looks like the old punch out game. Uh, if you, I'm going back here a little bit, like Tyson's punch out, uh, um, you're chewing. Um, but, uh, it looks like the old punch out game. So it kind of looks like a little arena and there's just, it's kind of crossed off into four corners and you have four students step into the arena in the Google drawing, just invite them in or give them the link, you know, what have you. And basically you set up a timer and you give them a prompt. Maybe it's a, a topic uh, in your class. You know, it could be like uh, an event. If you're teaching history, it could be a term. If you're teaching science, uh, you know, it could be a vocabulary word in ELA, whatever it is. You put that up there and then you ask them, you know, you tell them you have like 60 seconds to find an image, a GIF, a cutout, uh, you know, or a collection of images that represents this word that you think, uh, or this term, or this character, or whatever it might be. And they go out, they do their search, and then at the buzzer, they all drop in their image or images or GIF or whatever it is. Uh, and then basically you take it to a class vote whose visual best captures the term. You can just leave it at that, or you can then have them vote, have everybody explain their visual, what they're going for. Maybe they're going for something metaphorical. People didn't click with it. Maybe they're going for something, you know, like <laughs> a combination, totally like people didn't put it together, like the combination of images and they had something really clever with that. Uh, and then you can take it to a revote uh, and, you know, award points or award, whatever it might be based on what they come up with. But uh, I think I, what I like about it is kind of a unique activity where they're, you know, thinking more than just, I need to regurgitate the definition. They're thinking of how would I come up with a visual that helps people attach meaning to it? Uh, and we're visual thinkers, right? So this helps people visually reinforce their understanding of a topic. So I'm just curious, you were an English teacher. Mm -hmm. Would this be like, would it be less like vocabulary based and more like find an image that would, you know, apply to the same sort of foreshadowing that we feel is happening in our book. So it's like, it is more, I don't know there is no right or wrong answer. It's not like what's the definition of tractor and they find a picture of a tractor. <laughs> right. No, you're right. I, I liked it for characters, like finding an image that you think captured a character um, or, a, and you know, find an image that you think captures like a theme, you know, of the story, whatever it might be. Uh, but yeah, I liked it more for that. You could use it for your vocab. And the one thing I just warn people of is don't just Google the word because then you're getting, all these presets think outside the box for mm -hmm. what you're searching for search creatively. Cause the other problem is what if you pop in the same image as another person? Like that's like automatic DQ basically. If two people have the same one, like nobody's going to vote for that one. Right. That's so right. You got to make sure yours is going to be unique. Uh, you don't want the first Google image result for your word. Right. So um, that was, it was much better for, yeah, more of the analogy image for a concept or a character or something that would be hard yeah, something that would be hard to distill down to one. Like if you said, like, give me, give me the causes of the Civil War. Like that's, ooh, that's like right. It's gonna be hard to capture in one image. So they would be all sort of metaphorical and, you know, as opposed to tractor. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, you might get somebody who's doing like, puts up a picture of arm wrestling, or you might get somebody who's got a picture of like all these, you know, missiles getting progressively bigger. You know, yeah. If they're showing off like bitterness over you know this or militarization or whatever it is for a conflict you know i'm 
pulling those out for, I think, a different war. But <laughs> you get the idea. But I like the. I also like how you're going to have the students explain it, right? Because it's again reinforcing that content, thinking outside the box too, with with having to apply the visual to their thinking. I think this is really cool. And did they do it in groups? Did you say? So we would have it where four people at a time would do it, and then we'd have a new four. So like four would enter the arena, put their submissions, then we'd kind of whole group it. You could do it in individual groups. Um, I liked it. I used to have it just two one-on-one showdown, but I realized it was I liked getting more people involved and having four choices. So um, yeah, we would do it. Four people would submit, and we'd look at them as a class. New four submit, look at it as a class uh, that way. But nice. you could riff on it and do it differently with groups too. And you do that in Google Drawing, you said? Yep, just a one slide uh, that looked like a, like oh, I said, so a little Go- like arena. So Google Slides. Oh, sorry, did I say slide? Drawing. You could do it in slides, though, like kind of have a running collection of them, like each round, and then you've got them archived. I actually kind of like that better. And then kids would just upload the image to the slide? Yep. So- Yep. So if you had if you had younger kids, you know, you could use a safe search site, you know, like Photos for Class or, you know, Pixabay or, you know, what have you. If you had older students who you're comfortable with them creatively Googling, you know, you could have them out in the, the Google sphere, if you will. So Nice. And yeah. then would you do I'm sorry, I missed this. Would you do them all on the same slide or would it be like four slides and you'd say, like, here's John's slide, like take a peek at it. Here's it seems Susie's like... slide, or would it be like four quadrants we would do it all in one like four quadrants uh and they'd be all on the same slide popping it in it's kind of fun like kids actually like the chaos of like when they all drop it in and then they move them to their corners uh it i don't know people tend to like that one better awesome Um, the other thing i do is i throw a little timer in the corner and i found a one minute clip of europe's the final countdown and so i just fire that up as my timer instead of having like a just boring old one minute timer it's the band europe but one minute of them, you know, it's the final countdown. Oh man, so. we got John singing that. That is, well, actually, <laughs> it's not hard to do. But I'm excited that we now have a capture and well played. Yeah, I, I was thinking, should I go for it? And uh, there you have it. I went for it. You went for it. I love it. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for sharing that one. That is definitely gonna make an appearance. I think I'm gonna use that one. Not so much as like an end of the year, or not the end of the year, end of the unit review, but that just sounds like a really cool thing to sort of do at the end of a class period. You know, like if you have, I teach 70-minute class periods. Most of the time, my thing takes all 70, but there are those days where you're like, this is all that I want to really share, and we have 15 minutes left. So this could be a good, if you like taught them the process of these sort of visual image battle royales, then it could just be like, we're doing a battle royale, like once you teach them how to do it. Yes. Yeah. It's really easy to get going. And again, you don't need to have one-to-one devices. If you've got four devices that students can access really quickly, you know, just have pulled up a Chromebook and iPad. Uh, it's easy to just get going and do. I dig it. Actually, I think talking out loud, do you think it would be too chaotic or just right, John? <laughs> if, uh, there's a lot of times in my class that the kids are working on something. And what if throughout the work period, there were these individual battle royales going on? So I have four guilds. What if it was like every five minutes, you know, each guild's got to like toss something up for the round. Once the round happens, we stop working on whatever we're working, kind of vote. And then 
you know, then I, then I released the next topic and while they're working on the things, they would kind of rotate who's got to do the battle Royale. No, I like that, uh, as, as a twist on it. Cause then you, you're kind of, I think you're being really efficient with your time, uh, because it's kind of like a side project and maybe they chat with their groups and game plan what would yeah. be a good visual. Uh, so you, you're kind of taking away that individual interpretation. Now it's like hive mind of what, what's our visual going to be. Um, you know, what route are we going? Are we combining a few images to go something deeper? Uh, are we, you know, just trying to go the funny route with a GIF, you know, that we think captures it, whatever it might be. Uh, so yeah, I like that a lot. And I think, again, like you said, a really efficient use because they're working on other things. This is like a little side challenge that yeah. then is, gives them a nice little brain break too to pop up and look. Uh, and talk about what you've got created. Nice. Sweet. I'm going to give that a, give that a go. Well, the other one that I really wanted to share uh, this past week, I actually did a YouTube video on uh, Danger Cards. You can find it in uh, Explore Like a Pirate. And I think I detail something like 28 different review games in that book. But uh, what kind of excited me about this was I sat down and... I love Danger Cards. It's a great game. <laughs> but I, I sat down and I tried to like refresh it a little bit, like add new twists. And this is another thing that I, I try to tell this audience to do. Like take it take a game like a hoot. What can you add to it? What can you change? Take take once you do the the Jenga, the reverse Jenga John teaches you, like what could you add? How could you spin that? What could you apply to it? And so Danger Cards is this great game, tons of player interaction, super fun, tons of these funny moments. But I kind of, you need to have these 12 cards that you play with. And so I had my like Danger Card deck. But then I was like, oh man, like I've been now playing this for three years. I, I, I kind of want a different deck, you know? So I sat down for a <laughs> whole prep here and just tried to generate as many new card options as I could. And I, I think I came up with, I want to say like 30 new new cards, uh, which is great because then you can they can mix with the old too. But uh, they are just so fun. Danger cards, I mean, we don't have a ton of time to go over it, so <laughs> I will definitely say like check out the YouTube video of it. But uh, the general premise is there are these 12 envelopes. They're numbered 1 through 12. Inside the envelopes is a note card that has some sort of point value at the top and then typically on the bottom there's like a line and then there's something on the bottom that text in the bottom only applies to the group that that selected the envelope that's like in control of the board if you will and what happens is you ask some questions i usually ask two to three questions kids have these uh groups i should say have these little individual whiteboards that they write their answers down on and then they all turn them in at like i put a desk in the center of the room they drop them in there. The first group to get them all correct gets control of the board. And then what they're going to do is they're going to select an envelope to look at. And any group that had them all right will get to participate in the point round. If you got any of them wrong, you're kind of out for the point round for this, this turn. So then what happens is they take down one envelope. Now, at the start of the game, every group got to look at one envelope. So they knew what was in one of them. Mm-hmm. And they also know who looked at what envelope because this game's all about information and knowing, knowing these things. They pull down the envelope, they look inside it, and maybe it says like 50 points at the top, and then maybe it says 
I don't know, on the bottom it might say steal a player. Now, they don't say anything. They just look at it. Every one of their members of their groups looks at it. Then going around the classroom in clockwise order, the other groups who got them right have to decide whether they're going to play on the card that they have no idea or if they're going to pass on the card. And they're judging solely by the facial expressions of those (laughs) that have looked at it. And it just creates such funny moments. I mean, like the kids, like I said, super duper love this. Uh, It's pretty wacky. And like we added, like I said, different different things to the bottom. So now we have like these little challenges, like we did some physical challenges. So some (laughs) of them are like challenge another group to, to do the plank. And then it's like whatever group is outlast the other gets an additional 50 points. So like that's just going on. (laughs) Like you're saying about side challenges, like that's just happening while then the next round starts. And I asked two more questions, three more questions. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I I like any game with deception. Like my favorite probably card and board games are ones where you have to deceive or you, you know, there's misinformation going on. Uh, And that's what I like about this game. You've created like kind of this, you know, there's the act of getting the content right, but there's also this second, you know, kind of skill being, you know, developed of like, you know, how do you play, you know, with this information that you've obtained and and how does that change and how are you going to, you know, how are you going to manipulate the other groups? Uh, which I, I just think I love, like I said, those types of games. And I found that students love them too. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty awesome. Well, John, <laughs> I can't believe, but we are at the end of our show. So this is reflection time now. Sure. Are you ready for our quote? I am ready. Let's do it. All right. This one comes from Michael Jordan. Uh, he says, talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships how does that quote hit you yeah well it it really connects nicely to what we're talking about because a lot of these games that we discuss we encourage you know the use of teams with them Um, they can be played in a team format uh, and i think uh, they definitely help you flex another muscle uh, where you're kind of consulting with your team what's your best strategy even ones that I, i suggested today you know that maybe i've played individually you know, you kind of came in and gave some ideas about how you could actually add some collaboration and teamwork into them. Uh, and then yours just naturally lend themselves really nicely to team discussion and play. So uh, I think this quote uh, really exemplifies why mini games uh, are so powerful as review games, because not only are the students studying the content, but they're also developing those uh, important social emotional skills. So true. I, I, want to echo almost all the same things that I just think this is why not why not try this thing that can bring people together it's playful it's fun and as I said at the beginning of this whole podcast you're bringing that unique experience to your class and it's it's really not that much more setup or hard to do Uh, in some cases it's less technology Uh, it's more kids being kids and I don't know let's let's not overlook that Well, John, thanks so much for being on Well Played today. Uh, It's always a pleasure chatting with you, uh, and today was no exception. Yeah, it was a blast. Uh, We'll have to to chat more about some uh, mini-games in the future. (laughs) Definitely. Everyone else, thank you so much for checking out Well Played. It's really, truly an honor to have you part of this community. 
those of you that are also onto my YouTube channel and posting comments and likes and those kind of things, really appreciate building out that community as well. So thank you. Uh, as always, everyone, have a great, great week. Peace.